can hear is Joe Morley of Morley's Coaching and welcome to a chapter of my life. Joe, we're going to be talking about you, uh, about your, your backstory, about your coaching. Firstly though, you've just come back off holiday, the kids are enjoying their summer holidays, although it is raining quite a lot, but your soccer school is doing some coaching holidays for the kids, so let's just briefly talk about that and promote that firstly. Yeah, firstly, thank you for having me on. Uh, pleasure. And yeah, we're doing, out of the six weeks holidays for the kids, we are doing four camps. Um, three will be in Rugeley, and then this year we're venturing over to Sutton Coalfield in Warmley, and then one week we'll be in Sutton Coalfield. And it's kind of just a week of football fun, really. It's 9am start, 3pm finish. It's only £20 for the whole day. And then the kids just do like seven-a-side tournaments, crossbar challenges, penalty shootouts, anything you can imagine, they do it. And big presentation day, the last day, everyone's loving life, having fun in the sun, kicking the ball around. It sounds absolutely fantastic. What week are you focusing? What week have you nailed down? And is it the same week for all four camps? And, and is it what? Sorry, mate. Is it the same week for all of your four camps? Uh, no, so, so we're doing, in Rugeley, we've got the 31st of July to the 4th of August, so that's next week. Yeah. We've got the 15th to the 18th of August, and then the 29th of August to the 1st of September, and then our warmly one in Sutton Coalfield is the 21st of August to the 25th of August, another week. So it pretty much goes throughout the school holidays for the kids? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. We've only got two weeks where we're not doing a camp, yeah. Fabulous. How many coaches have, have you got or how many coaches will be coaching at those schools? Obviously, it depends on the numbers, but yeah. when we done our one in May, just just gone, our May camp, that was our biggest ever camp that was. We had nearly 100 kids, so we had like 10 coaches working um, all at once, yeah. <laughs> And, and are you going to be reaching those numbers now? Do you want more kids? Do you take boys and girls? And I'm sorry if you've already mentioned it, but what age groups, what's the earliest and what's the latest, youngest and oldest in old money? Yeah, we, we take all boys, all girls, all abilities. You don't need to be a world-class footballer. You can literally be a beginner. And the ages are from four years old until 12 years old, 13 years old. So it's roughly school years, year one to seven. Um so yeah literally we, we are taking on more kids for the camps we've got next week we've got i think 80 kids booked on for that week and then roughly around 80 per camp in the rugely one and we're trying to go up to about 100 in sutton we're about we're at about 50 60 so we can just take about 40 40 kids more on for that one so for the kids that are listening to this or the parents that listen to it how do they connect with you and how can they sign up to your soccer camps during the summer yeah, we have leafleted pretty much every school in Sutton Goldfield and Rugeley, but on social media, if you just type in Morley's Coaching on Facebook or Instagram, drop us a message. There's posts, we post literally twice a day, uh, and then just fill out a quick survey link and literally everything is done. And who provides the music for your socials? Because it's quite funky music that you put to your, your videos, isn't it? 
<laughs> Believe it or not, it's actually me. <laughs> right. I sit there and do everything, yeah, just whatever comes to mind. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't think it was your dad that was going to put that kind of music <laughs> to it. He's yeah, a bit more... Old... No, absolutely. A bit more old school uh, like <laughs> myself. Does your dad get involved? Do you have any guest former pros that are there showing the face and showing the kids a trick or two? Yeah, but what, what originally started was... I was in lockdown, I was only 16 years old and I've just left school and I was, we was just, truthfully, we was just planning to, how I can earn myself a little bit of money and obviously do something that I like doing and I was just writing it down on a little scrap piece of paper, like what I could do, what I was good at and I've always been good at football, like I've played for it since I can remember uh, and then I just started doing a little bit then, like one-to-one sessions with my friends, not charging them or anything, just taking a few videos of them and stuff and Tony would help me he helped me out probably for the first year when I couldn't drive yeah. or anything. So he'd come over and whack the balls in his boot and all that type of stuff. And then from there, you just get one client, two clients, and then it just took off from there. And he still helps me out at the camps. So he'll come on the last day of the camp and bring – he has like a replica of the European Cup trophy. Yeah. And he'll bring that down and all the parents get there and take photos. And sometimes Gordon Cowens as well. He's been down to a couple camps. If he can make them, he'll, he'll show up. I mean, how lucky – are the kids that not yeah, only no. <laughs> do they get to play football in, in, in the sun and get nice, good coaching and have, have fun because the bottom line is football is all about fun and crossbar challenges and stuff like that. Right, it's all yeah. fun stuff. And the more that the kids enjoy it, the more that the kids have fun, the more that the kids will come back. But the uh, the icing on that cake is surely having a picture taken with the European Cup and meeting a legend of the game because there's only one team in this area that's ever won the European Cup and there's not that many English teams that have won it so to uh, to have that connection is uh, is first class isn't it yeah it's crazy it's when you get a lot of a lot of Villa fans are around near me to be fair around yes. where and some of the kids obviously the younger ones are not I'm not going to know but when their parents come and draft them off and they're looking and they're like you should know who he is you should know it's and they're all going, who's Tony? Who's Tony? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sad thing, really, about the modern age and about the TV and radio media per se, that our greats, our legends aren't on there more. They no, see yeah. the, the new, you know, and, and rightly so, because different times, you, different kids have, have heroes growing up, etc. But those players should never be forgotten. And certainly the achievements of those players definitely shouldn't be forgotten. No, of course not. It's when you think about it properly, obviously, I probably overlook it sometimes because I'm, I'm, his, I'm his son, obviously. But mm. when you actually sit there and think about it, and then it's, it's when you go to Villa games, I actually like, I keep it, if you want to call it that. And everyone's coming up to you and you see all the posts on the walls and name on the sand and stuff. And I was like, wow. <laughs> when was you first aware that, that your dad was one of the greatest left-wingers that England have ever produced and won the European <laughs> Cup and scored some of the greatest goals in European <laughs> Cup history. Let's, let's talk about you growing up. Um, you know, when, when did you first realise it? <laughs> so obviously, I've always knew he played football. Um, yeah. I'll probably say I properly realised it when I started, I'd say probably about like 14, 15, 16, so that age. And I actually like fully understood that, wow, he's actually been at night the highest level you can go and done it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, not many players are able to play at that level, and he did. So where did Joe, where did Joe Morley grow up? What's your, what's your background, Joe? 
Yeah, so I grew up, I live with, my mum lives in Rugeley, yeah. uh, in Staffordshire, and then Tony lives in Sutton Coalfield, warmly. And then, because um, I was playing at West Brom, I got scouted for West Brom at the age of about six, and then I stayed there till 12, so I'd kind of do, I've always really lived at my mum's mainly, but I'd go to Tony's for weekends, or let's say if I had a match in Birmingham, I'd, I'd stay over the night of Tony's or whatever, but pretty much my whole childhood I spent the weekends at Tony's, but we'd all go up there together. Um, and then just depends where my matches are, really. And then from, I think it was 12 to 15, I went on trial to Villa, moved up to there. So then I spent a bit more time at Tony's then because obviously it's down the road and stuff from his house. And you'd be on, we used to get took on day release out of school. So I'd get a day out of school. Uh, and then I, the lads, some of the lads that would live far away at Villa, they'd, they'd be put up in the Belfry Hotel, but I'd obviously just stay at Tony's. literally 10 minutes away from Bodymore Heath. So, yeah, a bit of a mix, really. Weekends, mostly at Tony's house. Everyone would go over there. And then um, week, normal weekdays would be at my mum's in Rugeley, yeah. So what school did you go to? What was your education like? Did you excel at school? Uh, truthfully, not really. Yeah, just, same, just yeah. Normal, <laughs> normal education, really. Just standard primary school around near, my, around near my area. And then I went to just a high school in my area, too. It was called Cardinal Griffin. And then my primary school was Churchfield Primary School, yeah. Did you play for the district? Did you play for the county when you were a kid? What was you like and what position did you play as a lad? Yeah, so I'll tell you the full, the full background story. So joined my local Sunday team, probably about five or six years old. Um, and then the first couple of games, I got scouted for West Brom and then went into their like pre-academy things. I don't, I don't think you could sign properly until yeah. you were seven. Mm. Um, so then, I, yeah, signed with them, stayed with them till about... I was about 12 years old. We'd done a few tours, went up Poland, Germany, Ireland... Played all over the shop, really. I was mostly always a winger. Uh, every now and then, I'd drop back into left-back when I was younger. Uh, but now, I'm too scared to head the ball, so I don't like doing that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, then, you, uh... Your dad didn't head the ball much, not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I moved to Villa from about 12 to 15. And then, yeah, mainly always a winger, occasionally a left-back, if they depended what formation we play. And then, believe it or not, I actually quit football, fell out of love with football. I come to it was about it was my last year of school, so I was in year eleven, and I just wasn't wasn't enjoying it no more. I spoke to my coaches and everything, and they said, "Have a few weeks off, come back, give it a month. If you're still not enjoying it, obviously there's no point being here." So I did that. They let me have the time off and everything. They even sent a contract through to my house for the next season, but my, my head just weren't in it. So we all said, and Tony just said, "If if you're at this age and you're not enjoying it, obviously the main thing is that you have to enjoy it." So I come out of Villa, didn't accept the contract, and then just started playing um, football with my mates. Just nothing serious, just Saturday league football. And then at my first actual game uh, from a Saturday team, I got scouted for Burton Albion and turned it down. And then I'd probably say about six months into just enjoying it with my mates, and then uh, I started to get back on it properly again. And then I joined some local semi-pro teams, broke my way into the first team, and then I've just gone on and on and on from there, really, yeah. So what was it like? How come you just fell out of love with the game? What what's your what's your story there? I, I think just because I was in, involved with academies at such a young age, yeah, from yeah, the age yeah. of six, six to fifteen, mm. I think and you go in there four times a week, and then you go home, you do replay analysis, they call it. So you have to like analyze your game and uh, pick out which parts you're good at. You just you just that is all I knew. Do you know what I mean? So then when I got to about year 10, year 11, and all my mates are doing other things. I was like, oh, well, this is all new to me. All, all I've known all my life is just get in a car, go on the motorway for two hours, go training, come home, come back. 
I think I just needed like a little step out of it. Do you know what I mean? Because that's all I've known. But then when I st- when I stepped out of it, give it a year, and I seen all these lads. Because uh, in my group it was like you know like Louis Barry and yes. Tommy O'Reilly and everyone, and I seen all these guys kicking it on. And obviously when I was their age, I was on their level, always in their team. So I'm like, Jesus, if they can do it, I know I can do it. And so then obviously I'm I'm back on it now. Now you're a bit older and you realise kind of what you had, you kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Do you think there's too much stress on kids? I mean, that what you've just described at an academy. That just seems really over the top. At the end of the day, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, playing it football and trying to score goals and stop the other team scoring. It is a simple <laughs> game, isn't it, really? Put, put the ball in the back of the net, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%, there is, there is definitely in pre-academies, yeah. Because, like I say, it's, it's not just showing up for training once a week in a match. It's, you're there four times a week. You Then you'll have to go and do, they call it, I don't know what they call it in the academies nowadays, but, like, position-specific sessions. So, like, wingers will go and do a specific one one day, strikers, defenders... Then you go home and analyse it. At West Brom, we was doing fitness tests every six weeks that I'd analyse how fast you can run. Do you know what a bleep test is? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I do. My <laughs> my one lad used to play for three Cs, and they used to do a bleep test quite often. I managed yeah. at Marston Green. Yeah. I'd stick your bleep test up your jack. So all you do is <laughs> kicking a ball and playing football and honing oh, no. your skills. It's football. Yeah. I wanted to produce footballers, not athletes. And that's that. Well, that was the whole point, and we had to do that every six weeks. And then a couple of years ago, that actually got thrown out, and was like, it's too much for the kids. Mm. Um, like you're, you're testing them too much. But I, th- I think it's just a correlation of all that. And just last week, actually, because it's obviously off season now, I'd done this academy session. Um, I trained this this lad from Stoke. He's only he's only eight years old, and he he comes to me every week, and he said, "Can a few of my friends come?" He's like, some are a little bit younger, some are a little bit older. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, bring them along. So we've done like a group session. One of, the, one of the lads was only five years old. And I said, who do you play for? He had a Man City kit on. So I, was, I was like, do you support Man City? And he was like, no, I, I play for them. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I play for Man City. He was like, I'm in the pre-academy on there three times a week and, and playing matches. So I was like, you're five years old. I was like, you've only learned how to walk. You've only learned how to walk two years ago. <laughs> It's un- it's unbelievable. It's quite mind blowing, isn't it? it you is know crazy. the age that I mean, I've got grandkids that that are that age, and to think that they're going up and down. I mean, from Stoke to Manchester. Granted, it's not that far, but it's far enough. And yeah. and to be playing football and having them stresses at that age is ridiculous. Who's your heroes growing up, Joe? Who's my hero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Footballing heroes. Who do you support? Uh, I support I support Villa, obviously. Yeah. yeah. yeah but- Messi's always been the one for me. Yeah, he is the best in the world for me. Everything he's done as a kid, I was just looking at him. I used to have him up on my wallpaper. I had like a Messi Barcelona wallpaper in my old room. Yeah, everything everything to do with Messi, I just like about him. Again, a quality player. But you couldn't imagine yeah. Messi doing a bleep test, could you, and stuff like that. What, what? Imagine him going playing centre-half and then you got to self-assess yourself. Self-assess, Lionel, what did you think about your ability playing centre-half? <laughs> you toast there, right? You can't do anything about that one. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely incredible, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. coaching the kids, do you... Because, again, with your experience from from what you've lived through as a young player and playing at a very, very good level. As you say, you've referenced some of the players um, at Aston Villa, and Villa have always been renowned to have a great academy. Have you got plans of of coaching and mentoring some of the other kids? Because a big thing for 
young players is when they go into the academy, they've been sold the dream. Yeah, yeah, they get kicked out. It's a lot to handle, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. To be fair, I have I have thought about it. To be fair, it's just go, going right away about it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a, a story. Actually, this is this new lad uh, who's just started coaching with me. He's one of my friends. He he grew up in Russia with me. We went to school together. He's called Xander Park. He's a goalkeeper. Um, he never got into academies until about the age of about fifteen, and then he joined. Got scouted for Stoke Sunday League match. Actually, I was playing in the game. <laughs> He's a goalkeeper. And um, done his scholarship at Stoke, got offered a scholarship, done there. They moved him out to Diggs and then they didn't offer him a professional contract, but he went out to, he got offered a professional at Shrewsbury. So done a year at Shrewsbury on a pro. He plays for his international team, St. Kitts. They've just done that um, tournament in, oh, well, into Miami. They was playing it into Miami for the last six weeks. He's come back. Shrewsbury haven't offered him a pro contract. He's got no club now. Season yeah. starts in two weeks. Yeah. So he's, quite, he's, he's saying to me, like, um, he's doing the summer camps with me all throughout the summer. He's, he's like, um, do you know any like, local clubs, non-league clubs that I can just stay fit for out? So it's, it's, I think when you get to this age, it's a, it's a game of opinions. Some managers love you. I could tell you hundreds of stories where a lad's just dropped on lucky or someone's got injured. And mm-hmm. now he's there. It's just a game of opinions. And, and that's my opinion. <laughs> I think you're absolutely spot on because it's, you know, managers and coaches, they can either make you or they can break you. If they don't like you as a player or if they don't like you as a person, they'll bomb you out and they'll get somebody else in. A lot of times it's got nothing to do with your ability. It's just sometimes if your face doesn't fit, that's it. And, you know, there's there don't seem to be any aftercare as well. You come in at five years of age, like that little boy there at Man City, at 11 or 12, he might be bombed out. And, and there's just no aftercare. There's nothing. It's see ya. There's the door closed behind you. Sort yourself out. That's never right, is it? Uh, it, it especially at that little at a young age. Like that, mm. I can, I can, you can. Well, you can't understand, but it's more lenient for older lads, like nineteen, twenty. Don't get me wrong; it still affect them. But when you're nine or ten, and say if it's your boyhood club or anything that you've been playing for for years, and they just go see ya, and now now you're back to kicking a kicking a ball on a park and a Sunday league pitch, you can, <laughs> you can see why some of these people are all claiming like mental health and everything, can't you? Absolutely. It's um, I mean, it, it is like a it's like a cattle market for the want of a better phrase. Football. They do call it the beautiful game, but 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 sadly, the beauty is taken out of the game many yeah. times for youngsters that have been sold the dream. So apart from your summer schools, you do your coaching, you do one to one. Talk to yeah. me about that. What's your Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday? When so, do you do the the, uh, the coaching? And is it night and day? Do you do it in school halls as well? Uh, yeah, so roughly when the kids are in a normal school routine, I'd, t- I'd say about 80% of my clients are are obviously kids. And then you get, in the off-season now, um, I get a few more pros, like lads who I used to yeah. play with and stuff. So they're a bit older lads. But roughly when the kids are in school, normal time, we do Monday to Friday, any, t- any time really. I do it maybe a few sessions in the day, but majority we do from four o'clock when the kids finish school until eight o'clock at night. And then in the winter, when it starts to go dark at about four o'clock, we hire out this big hall around there also and we do like group sessions. But majority of my things are one-to-ones. Like today, done seven hours today. Tomorrow, got another seven. And then we start setting up for the camp, yeah. Now, you get players. Do you get boys and girls 
coming and, and doing one-to-one -one sessions? Or do you notice that it's, it's just uh, at this moment in time, you know, the pros that are coming out, they're wanting a little bit extra work, don't they? Getting ready yeah. for the new season that's starting. My lad does a bit of coaching as well, and he does that. He's got yeah. our garage is full of, like, his stock, all his bits <laughs> and pieces, his balls. <laughs> How would you go with that? Because there's a lot of setting up as well, Joe, isn't there? Oh, that, but that, to be honest, I love coaching. I couldn't think of a better job to do. The only thing I absolutely despise is getting all the stuff in and out of the van when it's cold and you, your fingers can barely set up the net and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, boys and girls, all ages, all abilities, all positions. I've got, like, a specific goalkeeper coach as well. Two, well, two now that Xander's just come out of Shrewsbury. Um, as of right now, I do, I'd say probably about four or five pros a week, not that many. And it was actually, main majority of my clients was mostly boys up until yeah. the girls won the Euros yeah. uh, last summer. And then since then, the amount of, I'm telling you, I'm almost competing, the girls are competing with the boys now, I'd say. And the girls do a lot of uh, group sessions as well. I have a few, I'd probably say I have about 10 girls that come for a one-on-one. -on -one, and I'd probably say I have about five groups of girls too that come weekly. There's a club round near local to me, Brighton Social, and they run a ladies team. And the person... Her, so her daughter, sorry, is uh, Daisy. The mom, Becky, been really good to me. She promotes me and everything, gives the flyers out for me to all of her teams. She runs the girls' team. So it's kind of word of mouth. As soon as one, one of her friends go, then they're like, oh, come along. I like it here. So, yeah, the girls, the girls are competing with the boys. I'd like to see what's going on next year with that, actually. Yeah, I mean, in real terms, the boys will never compete with the girls and conversely, the girls never compete with the boys. It is a completely different sport, really, almost. Mainly down to the size and the strength, etc. And the way that a boy can just ping the ball, especially when they reach uh, pro level, ping it from one side of the pitch to the other and that. And the girls, it's almost as though... Do you ever use the um, the, 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 the weighted ball? It used to be called um, football de salut. I think it's now called futsal. Do you introduce that into any of your sessions? Because that's great for your skills. Because, you know, you can't whack that ball. You could you have to pass it and caress it. What, and what did you say, sorry, mate? I just lost you the last two seconds. Sorry, the, uh, the futsal, you know, the, the, the little weighted yeah, yeah. ball. And the girls, their game is, is based around a lot of skill uh, yeah. side to it because they haven't got that strength. And the girls can play with the boys till I think they reach about 14. And then they have yeah, to go yeah. and play on their own, don't they? But their game really has grown after this World Cup, probably grow even more, hopefully. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so why do I do I have used the football ball for myself. We used to do football tournaments at West Brom and Villa. But for my personal training... Um, I have little footballs, like really tiny footballs, and then tennis footballs as well. When I was, obviously, Tony taught me everything I know about coaching, and obviously, he actually used to do sessions with me, just get a ball on a field, and we'd be there for hours just practicing this one thing. And his big one with me, he'd set up a little box, just five-yard box, and he'd whack up a tennis ball as high as he can, and I'd have to control it, and I'd have to land back in that box. Because he used to say when he trained when he was a kid, he only ever used to use a golf ball, or a tennis ball, believe it or not. And that's the reason why he's, uh, his toes are a little bit folded over now. But so, yeah, when I, I don't use heavier footballs, I use really small ones and just get the control going and like whack a tennis ball up in the air, see how long they can keep you up for, little stuff like that. Now, I'm guessing that you don't get taught that at the coaching schools. Have you gone through your coaching badges? And I'm I'm a firm believer that, that you don't need to. I think that... 
the advice from former players that actually played it and have seen coaching from that, that, that highest level with great coaches that they've had over the years, I think that's more valuable than than a piece of paper and and all the the rigmarole that surrounds I'm guessing a UEFA being a UEFA yeah. A license. Yeah. I'm very glad you said that because I could not agree more. The amount of not arguments but debates I have with these people. If I if I said to without sounding cocky or anything, Tony's played at a lot higher level than the majority of people. If I said to Tony, even spell coaching qualifications, he couldn't do it to you. Yeah. Uh, I, I have got just my FA level one and two. I'm going to get my UEFA license, but I know so many coaches around my area that's got all the all the badges to the name and w- without being disrespectful, they can't even do five keep your piece. No. So anyone who asks me about my, my obviously I've got my DBS and my insurance and first aid obviously that stuff you need that stuff um, but anyone asks me I say I've got my basic FA level one and two but I speak from experience I actually know what I'm going on about unlike some of these people there's this one round near me no disrespect to him he's a nice lad lovely lad and everything and he's a PT and he does nutrition plans and everything mm. but he's overweight so yeah. I, I, I don't I, no disrespect to him lovely lad I don't know how he's getting clients. It's it's like me <laughs> just saying something like, "Oh, I'm doing golf lessons just because I can hit a ball." <laughs> like, yeah, 100% experience. And I've had like myself as well working with coaches. Is this there was this one coach when I just come out of um when I come out of Villa and I started to get back into it properly. It was a semi pro team. He had every single license you could think of. I, I didn't even know what some of the licenses he was naming, but the, the stuff he was saying, and I was just like, "This isn't the way that." This isn't the way that you do it. You might be reading it from a book, but and then my, my manager now actually. So I've been at Chase Town all pre-season. Yeah. Mark's Mark's one. His name is old school. He used to play with my dad. I don't I don't I don't know if he has any coaching qualifications. Not I couldn't tell you, but I very much doubt it. But he's an old school. He actually knows football. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. He doesn't sit there. He doesn't sit there and read from a book and go, mm. oh, his his GPS tracker is this this much. It's old school. So that's that's the way I prefer it. I, I probably will go and get my badges. Because uh, obviously it does help you getting into more like soccer schools and stuff like that. But I, I, I speak from experience and teach from experience, yeah. And I prefer the old analog to this digital format of today. <laughs> I, I just think you can you can read all your books, you can do what you like with your books and your pieces <laughs> of paper and that to actually have done it and to learn from masters and to learn their craft, to pass down their experience of their playing days, I just think that is a badge of honour in itself. And those, yeah, those are the people that I I would listen to. Because, again, you can show them something, can't you? You can show them a drag back. You can show them that drop your shoulder. This is what you do. And, And I think that coaching is just going away from that personality and it, mm-hmm. it's going it almost football it almost wants to create robots these days you know what, i was just about to say that football. robotic robotic that's literally you took the words out of my mouth when when i done i done my fa level one and two badges and that's probably like the start of the year mm. um and it was 160 pounds you don't even have to go in anywhere and do a coaching session. So all it is, you pay your £160 on the FA website and then it's, a, it's like a three-week thing. Every Saturday morning, you're on a call for an hour. You don't have to show your face. You don't have to unmute your camera. All you have to do is sit there and there's three FA coaches on there and they literally just speak to you. You don't have to fill out a form. You don't have to fill out a quiz. You literally just sit on the call 
and and that is it. And then they'll send you your qualifications at the end of the at the end of the three weeks. It's crazy. There was one week I had football and away day and I had to leave early. I, I just sat there in in my car listening to the FA. They they didn't have any different. I weren't learning anything from it. The first yeah. two weeks I give it. Obviously I listened to it, but I'm like I haven't learned a thing. So the third week I just put it on, drove to football in my car, and actually got a proper experience. It is quite incredible, isn't it, when you look at it and, and you're you're living it, you're doing it, you're you're going into that environment. I don't know what the UEFA is. The next one you UEFA B from the levels that you've got so far. It's it's UEFA C now. I think so, it goes UEFA C, UEFA B, UEFA A, and then like UEFA Pro license. Then you can like coach the coaches. I think. When do you, where do you have to go for those, Joe? Do you do them out online, or do you have to go? to a coaching school and sit in a classroom and have the arse bored off you in a classroom these days. What's yeah, the next so you, step for you? If you wanted to go about your coaching badges properly, the first course is a Playmaker course online. That's free on the FA website. And then you go on to your FA Level 1 and 2 badges, which is online, which I just spoke about. And yeah. then your rest, your wafer, they start costing a bit more money. Then they're like at £500, £1,000, then like I think £5,000 for your last one. And then they're sometimes they're at St George's Park majority of the time they are other times but you actually have to go in and learn from people then uh, with your UEFA badges yeah so it's a very very expensive business isn't it getting your coaching badges and, and really and truthfully getting your coaching badges to tell you that you can actually coach and yeah. you know footballers I don't know any footballer that says I'm actually a football player they just are natural born football players and it's yeah. only passing passing down them skills quite incredible so you mentioned uh, Chase Town you're there at the moment what's uh, what's it like up there what was your pre-season like uh, yeah, so I haven't officially signed with them for for the for the upcoming season because yep. I've been on a few trials here and there. Yeah, yeah. Still, still going on a trial, but I finished last season with them. And the reason I'm doing pre-season with them is it's really local to me, 20 minutes away. The manager's yep. good and he knows Tony, but they run the socks off for you, even though even though no one likes to run that much, it's so good for you. Um, and like I say, he's really old school manager. I've been with managers this pre-season when I'm on trial and stuff. And have you you put them GPS trackers on you? You know, if if your heart rate's a bit too high, if you're in the red zone, they call it. You're not allowed to do certain runs. Uh, our first preseason back uh, back in back in June, sorry, he got us all in, and he said, <clears throat> "I don't believe in any of this GPS bollocks. I don't believe in this. You've run and you've run hard, and it's been up. We've been up hill sprints and can't mm. change. Horrible, absolutely horrible. But it's what you need." Absolutely. You need your fitness and, you know, ball work as well. Doing the fitness uh, with the ball is invaluable. So um, what's next then for uh, for Joe Morley? Where do you want to be in 12 months time, Joe? Playing football <laughs> professionally or doing your coaching? What's, what's on the horizon for you, mate? Yeah, always been my main goal for the last three years is always professional footballer. Yeah, I yeah. just try and play as high as I can. To be honest, when I first started out my coaching, I didn't think it'd get to where it is now. And it's kind of like overlapping it, sure. the amount I've having a lot turned down um just like certain training dates because I've got a big camp on or whatever. But yep. 100% my main goal is to become a professional footballer. Yeah. And then hopefully my aim with the business is to just get it running um, so we can do the summer camps and occasionally I'll do like a one on one session. So that's my aim. 100% is to go professional though and then just keep the coaching running, but just not do it as frequently as I'm doing it now. I'm putting in like, I'm doing every day now, like six hours. So just not doing it as frequently, but still running it.
<clears throat> Absolutely. So what's your website and how can people, again, hook up with you? Because, again, there's some kids that like to even just like to look at your videos and, yeah. and can learn <laughs> things by looking at I think going to learn nothing from your music, Joe, but they are from your, <laughs> uh, from, from your football. <laughs> yeah, every, absolutely everything. The Instagram, the Facebook, the TikTok, the website, everything is just Morley's coaching. Uh, it's a red and white logo, big Morley's on it. You can't miss it. So, yeah, absolutely everything is there. We upload videos, I'd say about once a day, to be honest. Yeah. All different ones, yeah. The kids the kids all love the TikToks nowadays. They all love the TikToks. <laughs> the parents are mostly on the Facebook. But, yeah, absolutely everything, just Morley's coaching, everything gets put on there. What tool do you find the best for you, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, etc.? What's um Again, I'm guessing different age groups, probably different tools. Yeah. Yeah, but this is another reason why I like coaching, actually, because I learn quite a lot about business as well. Obviously, yeah. coaching and football keeps me fit, keeps me healthy, and I like to do it. Don't get me wrong, I'm good at it, but you learn, like, marketing, what what stuff goes better in here, who likes to listen to the clips, who prefers it, like, who prefers leaflets and stuff like that. So what I've learned over the years of me doing it is Instagram is more for kids like my age, like teenagers, so they're, like, the pros. Facebook is more for the parents, the mums and dads. And then TikTok is for like the young, the younger kids, like the yeah. little teenagers, like nine, ten, eleven year olds. So you kind of have to, you have to adjust which post you do, like certain content on certain platforms, which is gonna, like, either engage the kids or show the parents that you're having fun, or you know, like show the pros on Instagram that you're actually, you know, what you're going on about. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it as well. Who designs all your, your logos, etc., and, and sets out your pages? Do, have you done all that yourself? Yeah, a- absolutely everything you can possibly imagine. I've done it all by myself, yeah. Uh, like I say, just started off with a little mm. scribble on a piece of paper, got myself a logo, and then, yeah, it just took off from there. And then I use now, I, obviously, we get a lot of banners and stuff printing. I've recently just got myself a van too. So we use a company now that print them all off but we design everything and then they just print it off for us yeah and you do merchandise like because i mean everybody well not everybody but lots of people have cups of coffee or cups of tea in the morning and (laughs) and t-shirts and key rings etc 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 and uh, Morley's school, especially like the key rings. I always find key rings are all right because you put Morley's coaching and, and that and you put your telephone number and give them all out as freebies, etc. Yeah, or, yeah. or what have you. <laughs> Probably better than medals, if I'm honest, because then they're <laughs> going to come back because they've got your contact details as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do, we do all, all training kits like hatch jumpers, top shorts, all of that stuff. To be honest, <clears throat> believe it or not, I was actually looking the other day for like mugs and key rings and little stuff like that to put our things on. But we've always done the tops and everything like that. And then we are probably going to look to, to get into other things as well this uh, this summer. There's so much to do, Joe. And to think that is, it started off with a blank piece of paper and you're just scribbling things out and now you've come this far. So your plans for this season, will you be signing to a team? How, how can we follow Joe Morley playing football uh, this season as well as your uh, soccer schools and your coaching yeah so I've, I've been on been on a few trials as well I've, I've had a few non-league clubs offer me uh, and then I've been at Lincoln as well they're interested in bringing me back and then I've just literally about 20 minutes ago I've been on the phone to Hereford and they want they want me involved in a game on Saturday so at the minute it's just juggling things yeah. I don't want to annoy 
dealt with Norman, my manager at Chase Town. He's obviously a great guy and everything, and mm. all the lads there are good. But obviously, you need to. If Lincoln and clubs like this, their professional clubs are calling you up, you can't you can't turn down offers like that. So at the minute, I'm kind of in no man's land. I am still training with Chase Town weekly and playing their matches, but every now and then when I get called up, you have to go out and obviously. My manager's understanding about it. He understands that. Oh, I'm trying to go as high as I can. Yeah, absolutely. But because the, you want to get you, the, the the kid, the player needs to play at the highest level that he could play. And you know, sure. if he can help you out and get you fit, that's great. Sort yourself out with the club. You know, yeah. you 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 need to play at the level that you can uh, that you can swim in. Have you got an agent, Joe? Do you have agents at, at your level, or is it just all word of mouth? As of right now, I'm not in a contract. I mm. did. I was in a two-year contract with one, and oh my god, it was the worst. You have to be very careful with agents. I'm some guessing. are really good, some are really bad. I'll, I'll briefly explain the story. So when I come out of Villa and I just started to play again, there was this agent who contacted me, and he says, "We've been watching you, blah blah blah. Can we meet up for a meeting?" And obviously, I'm only 15 years old. I'm thinking, agent, yes, I'm big time here. I was like 15, 16. Signed on with him for two years. Never really thought anything of it. It's like when I when I say you've done nothing for you, I mean like absolutely zero. Didn't mm. I, I'd say you come to about two football games, just and then Tony was speaking to him as well. Tony had one conversation with him. He's a nice bloke, don't get me wrong. Mm. Nothing against him. He just doesn't know football. Tony yeah. was speaking to him and he went, We fucked up here, Joe. <laughs> He's like, he just doesn't he just doesn't know football, just got no contacts behind him. And then last year it was the end of the season. This agency contacted me called Non-League Gems. I don't know if you've heard of them. Okay. They're really good. Yeah. And they said, we've been tracking you. So they're a big database company. They keep data on every single non-league player. And they just follow them, see who's scoring the most goals, see who's doing this, see who's doing that. And they hold showcase events at the end of each year. And they invite clubs rounds. I didn't know any of this at the time. They just contacted me and they said, do you fancy coming up for a game in London? Um, obviously, they, they give me notice and everything. We've been there's only 20, 21 players invited out of the whole out of England, out of the non-league system. We we invite clubs, and if it was off season, I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't think anything was going to come from it. So I said, yeah, why not? So me and Tony went up there, stayed in a hotel overnight, played in the game, just had a fluke of a good game. Really, I don't think I've ever played that good since. Next thing you know, but I'm I'm still in contract with this this old agent. Next thing you know, I've got like Tottenham, Brentford, Wickham, Stoke, all these clubs calling me up. I'm still in contract with my old agent. This new agent from London is trying to sign me. There was ended up there was lawyers and everything involved. He wouldn't let me leave the contract. Would not let me leave the contract for anything. Uh, and I got out of it this March. And then there was, I said there was lawyers involved and everything for months and months on end. And then at Christmas time, he said to me, £2,000 and you can get out the contract. But I got out. I know. And then I got out of it in March. I was like, I'm just sitting, I'm waiting three months. I'm not paying £2,000 for three months. So you have to be, you have to be very careful. And then I've been doing all right in pre-season, scored a few goals and that. So obviously your name gets put around. Uh, and then I have five agents contact me this pre-season as well. You just have to be careful. I don't want to seem rude to everyone, but not everyone is good. Most yeah. of them are most of them are just just like agent and they take the percentage fees some some are really good out there don't get me wrong but you just have to be very careful so as of right now i'm not signed up with anyone now the, the experience that you have drawn in such a short space of time is quite, <laughs> quite incredible isn't it and luckily <laughs> that you've got like tony there 
to guide you and to help you and to advise you, etc. Because, I mean, he's seen it all being a former pro player. But it is an absolute minefield. And I think this coaching school that you do, uh, you, you can really see yourself excelling at that, um, at that, Joe, because you've just got such a great, you know, way about you. I mean, clearly you, you've got that from your dad. Um, you know, because I mean, he, he's got a great way about him as well. But that, that you know, information that you can pass on to kids and, and guide them. And, and as I say, there's, there's certain levels, isn't there? You've got the coaching, you've got the mentoring, yeah, you've got everything uh, else. What, what did you say then? Sorry, you just cut out on the last, the last, little, set, the last little No, I'm just bit. saying, you, you know, the experience that, that you've yeah, got yeah. and, you know, mentoring and coaching. And you can offer kids the full package. Yeah, yeah. But, but this is why, without sounding cocky, I, I always say in my, my little post, there's levels to this game. And mm. without sounding big-headed, or I don't want to come across that way or everything, there's not many coaches um, that can that can offer what we offer. Like, the actual coaching will get you better, but it's the experience as well. The, we've done pretty much everything. There's, there's this lad who works with me, like, full-time. His name's Reese, Reese Williams. He's pretty much been on the, the same journey as me. He was at Wolves. He played for Man United Academy as well. And then Wolves let him go. He was a goalkeeper because he was too small when he was 16. Mm. He's six foot two now. Yeah. He's doing he's doing really well in non-league, but like he's always had problems with agents and then all these trials and stuff. There's not many people who can actually say that. Obviously, there's still a lot more to come for football, but I think I've seen majority of things and what yeah. happens now. I've seen I've seen a fair fair bit of the game. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, spending the last probably 45 minutes talking football yeah. and your soccer schools and Morley's coaching. And is, if there's anything that we can help you with, uh, just give me a call. Uh, give me a shout, text me, yeah. uh, whatever. Nah, perfect. Listen, thank you thank you very much for having me on. Pleasure to speak to you. And I'll be coming back anytime. I'll get Tony on again. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, we're going to do an evening with... Uh, we got Tony and, uh, and Terry in, okay. uh, in December, yeah, at, yeah. at Balmere Football Club. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. so make sure uh, well, I'll sort you out with a ticket and we can have a get together and have yeah. a drink. And if there's anything else, finally, that you would like to mention that you haven't already mentioned, uh, the floor's yours. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. Just have football, kick the ball in the back of the net do it, and up the villa. That's all I can say. Absolutely. Cheers, Joe. Thanks, pal. Thank you very much, mate. Top man. Ta-ra, See you mate. later. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. And Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. 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 B